ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and my soon-to-be Florida bunkmate, Chris Baldino. Welcome back to PJ Fantasy Tour podcast, Leonard's Laser Show. I am coming from you from Leonard's Lair. I have with me Dan Staniel Henry. Those birds you can hear tweeting are the ones in his backyard. Yes, in, they are. In his lovely new estate in Branchburg. <laughs> what happened, Leo? Did uh, you lose the coin flip with Dylan to see who's bunking with Baldino? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so Baldino and I arrive uh, Friday morning. Dylan doesn't arrive until a little bit later. So okay. uh, we'll see how we're going to space out in, in Casa, de, Casa de Louis. We'll figure it out. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. He cl- he clapped at me earlier this week. He's like, I, I don't want to be waking up next to you with that afro you have rocking right now. I was <laughs> like, don't you dare judge me. Yeah, right. But how are we doing this fine uh, Monday morning or oh, Monday afternoon? Yeah, we're good. Um, you know, had a had a rather enjoyable weekend actually. Uh, went down the shore uh, with the kids to Point Pleasant on Saturday. Um, met uh, their grandma down there, and we dumped the two girls on grandma. Had a sleepover down there, so uh, wifey and I can put the little guy to bed at you know six six thirty. Watched a promising young woman. You ever see that movie? No. Pretty uh, pretty fucking creepy, if you ask me. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's good. It's worth uh, it's worth checking out. It, it really makes you think. As a as a father of daughters, Leo, you're gonna get some uh, some really clear perspective on. Uh, uh, on things so uh definitely recommend you check it out at some point with Hannah. i think you guys would like it great can't wait uh the first question is always what do you got to drink in front of you so i'm drinking um I, i'm not really a, a huge ipa guy i know you are i'm more of the uh liquor type of drink so i have what uh, the scottish call a drum of 18 year old glenn fittich uh single malt small batch reserve um, I, I know my, my my boss actually bought a bottle of it for me when my son was born and uh you know, he does well. I looked up the price. This is a buck fifty a bottle or so, which is definitely more than I usually spend on a, on a nice bottle of scotch. But it's uh, it's definitely got a smoky flavor. You know, gives you that nice warm feeling inside. So uh, as we say in Ireland, slancha, Leo. Amazing. Virtu- virtual cheers. Yeah, you went from six to midnight. You went from sipping water last <laughs> week to. Uh... Well, listen, I, it's kind of a prerequisite to be on the pod to have something in front of you, isn't it? Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. All right, I will uh, I will toast you with my. I, uh, I'm going to go back on the IPA wagon. No no um, high noons for me this week. I have one here that my buddy Bruce, he's kind of like my beer Yoda. Um, uh, it's called It's Complicated Being a Wizard. <laughs> it's okay. A, you know, it's an absolutely sick, sick can design. Uh, this is from, who are these guys? Da, 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 da. Burlington Beer Company. Get a little crack. Oh, yeah. There we go. And dive in. All righty, all righty. So let's recap last week. Last week was the AT&T Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch. Again, it was the first time held at TPC Craig Ranch uh, after moving from Trinity Forest, which I really like Trinity Forest a lot. I thought it was really cool. I put it on my golf bucket list. Um, and uh, how much of the golf did you get to catch this week? Uh, I watched a fair amount of it. Um, I know that they started the final round in the morning because of weather, um, and they had actually pushed that through. So I was actually out playing myself. So I didn't really see much of the final round, but I saw your boy Sam Burns you know, got caught up to and fell off. I, I guess yeah. conditions were even easier being wetter because I'm looking, I'm like, Patton Kazire shot nine under. And I was like, holy smokes, out of nowhere. So the guys that played early, early were like Pat Kazire were in the best place basic but unfortunately the guys in the final group like my boy burns um actually had the worst conditions because when they teed off they probably only got about six holes in before the rain started coming in mm-hmm. uh and then it was absolutely dumping and then they had to take a break because of lightning in the area it kind of throws off your rhythm so burns only burn shot two under right yeah yeah um and uh and yeah kh lee caught him uh shot a five under uh, did they round. finish the tournament or did they just suspend it because of weather and they just let it be? I, I, I know it was no, a they, at one point. They did come back. They did come back and finish it. And, okay. uh, and yeah, and KH Lee held on uh, for her first PGA Tour win. And he had the whole uh, Korean uh, you know, ranks behind the 18th green. There was KJ Choi. There was Sung Kang. Mm-hmm. Um, all there to, to congratulate him. And nice. uh, it would have been nice. Yeah, Burns was obviously... 
me being the only one to pick him would have been massive. Um, With your 30 did, to 1 odds spot on my, my number yes, last week where you were like, I'm not going to comment. <laughs> exactly what I couldn't tell you. It was above or below because it was on the number. Yep. Um, but yeah, he played he played great. The extra 600 grand from second to first would have been great and actually would have vaulted me to second place. Yes. Um, where my I'm brother happy- sits currently, actually. Yes, yes. But I'm very happy with... Uh, Moving from 14th to 7th, so I can't complain. Um, some other guys worth seeing. It was great seeing, you know, Speed did exactly what I wanted to. He was relevant and played well and didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, because I- I'm just going to say it now. I'm picking him for the PGA Championship. I um, saw that you were one of two people who've already got their picks in, so I, I was going to allude to that. I couldn't get it. I, didn't, I couldn't get that pick in faster. Um, but I'll, yeah, get to, I'll get to speak later when we actually you know, talk about the PGA. It's funny, it's funny that you say the guys in the morning had the easier, um, you know, go of the course because Scheffler was like probably one of the first groups out at 11 under. Dude shot even. I'm like, dude, you're a Texas boy. You hit the ball a mile. We're in a band box and you hit yeah. shoot even? Like, I mean, the first day he didn't have a par on the back nine. It was either All birdie right. or bogey, birdie or bogey, the entire back nine. And then, you know, on Sunday, he had like two birdies, two bogeys. I was like, bro. Yeah. Like what's so, happening? So Shane Shane Bacon works for PGA. Uh, you know, works for the Golf Channel and does the podcast with uh, Max Homa, the Get a Grip podcast. He has a term uh, terminology for that scorecard where you don't have any pars when it's just either bogeys, double bogeys, birdies, or eagles. Mm-hmm. It's called a psycho scorecard. <laughs> okay, Makes so sense. so so yeah, Scotty Scheffler. It was big news. I, I believe it was Friday. His psycho scorecard. On the back nine, um, that was pretty sick. Speaking of another guy who bombs the ball and was a bit of a mess, Bryson. Mm-hmm. Right, everyone thought that he was gonna kind of walk away with this and bomb the place to death. Did you see his four putt on Friday? I did not. I did not catch that. Got to the green in two, par five, and he four jacks it. Wow. Yeah, it was. I thought he was gonna snap something, or like just snap his caddy over his knee. Boy, I had a similar situation yesterday. That's funny how uh, <laughs> funny how you brought that up, but I'll, I'll get to that at some point. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. As you said, it was a laser show. The first three rounds were a bit of a laser show um, until mm-hmm. the weather came in on the final round. Um, lots of low scores. They had ball in hand for Thursday and then the second half of Sunday. So perfect lies. Um, I'm sure you heard the the grass type mentioned a million times. Zoysia. Zoysia, yes. Zoysia grass. That's right up there with Kikuya grass. One my, of my, favorites. my dad actually had that on his front lawn. He used to say Zoysia all the time. And I was like, really? How do you, I was like, Dad, how do you know what kind of grass you have? But yes, I mean, you could literally, I mean, it, it was it was perfect. After he cut it, it was like firm and it was just, I don't know. Yeah, Zoysia. Great word. Zoysia. Zoysia. Um, spell it, Leo. Can you spell it? Yeah, Z-O-Y-S-I-A. Okay. I could not. I, I mean, I've heard it, but how many words that, I mean, I knew you're a smart dude, but how many words I say, and I'm like, man, I don't think I know how to spell it. It's like, you know the meaning of it, and you know how to use it in a sentence, but you're like, I don't know if I think I could spell that. Now, another challenge would be the Kikuya grass. Oh, yeah. Kikuya is K-I-K-U-Y-U. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting. Deep time. Um yes. But yeah, I don't, there was that. Did you see? Uh, did you see Charles Schwartzler's putter? Yeah, I was. Dude, it's funny you say that too because uh, I had told you in the last podcast that I uh, I got the spider that I was trying out. Loved it. Oh I yes, it, I was hitting it pure yesterday. Uh, a little uh, a little taste of what my round was like yesterday. I, I rolled it very well with that. But his instead of having the um, handle and the shaft go down to the front, it looks like it goes to the back and like curves. Yeah. I saw this meme today. It was pretty funny. It was it was basically Charles Schwartz's putter is a Wi-Fi router. <laughs> you know, like the, the Wi-Fi router has the box and then the antenna that sticks up out of the back. Yes. Yeah. So that's basically, it was just the most absurd thing. Was, like how many how many different styles of putter do you need to go through to set all of that thing? Hey, you know what? He's had a little resurrection in his game because he was out of it for so many years. I know Kevin picked him this weekend, and uh, he was he was shooting rather well. I think he was uh, top three or top five after the first couple of rounds. Uh, but yeah, I, I noticed it like that. That would just throw me off. Like I like to have the shaft going down to the front, so you line it up. I mean, with that thing in the back, it's like is he standing a little bit further back in his stance, or is it yeah. like in the middle? I, it just looked awkward. I'm I'm just 
give me the traditional looking stuff and let me and let me use it. I'm not trying to use any of this. You know, I would never use one of the putters that's uh, you know longer than your driver that you got to like harness against your oh, forearm and all that. Like the Adam Scott old days used to do that. So, no, so how just, do you so how do you feel about that? Um, like so obviously the anchoring against the chest is gone. Mm-hmm. How, do you think that anchoring against your arm like Bryson does uh, and, a, and I think Webb Simpson does, a bunch of guys are doing now, should that be legal or no? I mean, to be honest with you, I'm of the uh, opinion that who cares? I mean, listen, they still have to hit the ball as far as they do. They still have to putt the ball. I mean, you know, to be a golfer on the PGA Tour is hard enough as it is. If you're going to sit here and restrict the things that are comfortable for certain guys' styles, I mean, we, we talked about this last week where they were talking about potentially, um, you know, asking TaylorMade and Titleist and Callaway to get the balls so they only go 75% as far. It's like, you know what, just just let him do whatever he's going to do. I mean, short of cheating, which I don't think that is, I think it's just a different style that people will will use in order to try to putt or get, get a little bit better um, pendulum uh, motion. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. I... I'm on the other side. So I Tell think me why. that I think that if you're going to ban anchoring against the chest, mm-hmm. you have to be consistent. Okay. So if you're gonna if you can't anchor it against your chest, why should you be allowed to anchor it along your forearm? Right, you create this this like you're talking about, like a broomstick type of you're using the natural um, you know, straightness of your arm, right? Mm-hmm. Which which I mean, you have to provide some consistency here. If you're gonna, if you can't anchor it against your chest, watch and and provide that stability. Why should you be allowed to anchor it against your arm for that stability? I think that you either need to have, like, I'm not against anchoring. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, like either allow both, or have the rule be that the only thing that can touch the putter are your are your hands. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would agree with you with in the sense of let let them do both. The fact that they're prohibiting one and allowing another, I mean, I guess so. That's that's that was kind of my point initially. Yeah. I say just just let him anchor it to his arm, his leg, his back. If he wants to get a, a 34 inch putter and, and hang it onto his belt and swing it like with his with his <laughs> pelvis, like I mean, honestly, you still got to get the ball in the hole, and it's a hard yeah. enough game, you know, without all these restrictions, in my opinion. So, um, you know, as long as they're not cheating or doing anything that uh, golf teams unethical, then you know, just uh, just let them do it. Something I didn't know, and I, and I heard this in the broadcast because they were talking about uh, Bryson's putter and how upright he is. Um, there's actually um, a rule that you can't have like uh, a 90 degree putter, so the stick can't come straight up out of the face. Okay. It can't be they can't be perpendicular to the to the putter face. So it's at, I think it's like an 80 like a like low 80s degree. I didn't realize that. So you can't like you basically can't have like a a straight down the line like broomstick putter it has to be at least at this minimum angle i had no idea that 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 existed so i've watched a couple of commercials where bryson is advertising for this brand sick s-i-k putters yes when they're showing it they talk about how the top of the putter is a four degree angle and then as it goes down i guess a quarter of an inch it goes to three degree to two degree to one because of if, if, if you hit it like, you know, a little bit on the downswing versus the upswing, you're still going to get a true roll. I mean, I look at that stuff and I know he's a mad scientist, but I'm thinking to myself, does that really matter? No, it's so he, yeah, his putter face is curved so that no matter where he strikes it, he's striking it on the same angle. Mm-hmm. Like he, if he tops it, he still is hitting it. And yeah, if, if he kind of duffs it a little bit, he still hits it with the right angle of the face. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same. It's like also $250. It's kind of something absurd. Yeah, so exactly. It might be more. Exactly. But. I don't know. Um, the some notes on the on the TV coverage. So, did you notice how much like fresh sod there was everywhere in the patches? No, I did not actually. I know this is the first year that they were using this course for this uh, tournament, so they probably wanted to make it look as as good as possible. But it looked like 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 it looked like it looked like my neighbors who like just had their lawn like resodded it's just like just rectangle 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 and like very close like close to the greens i don't really i don't understand how like you know you're gonna have this event here that far in advance you're gonna be on tv you're gonna be on high def tv plus like like, there's a couple instances where players were like you know can i get a drop because my ball is in the seam of the sod Mm -hmm. so I, i that kind of blew me away i couldn't believe that they could be that ill prepared for this tournament 
Well, I mean, you remember um, what Chambers Bay looked like when they played that major there, right? I mean, half the fairways and the greens and everything were brown. And uh, yeah. I mean, that that really just kind of comes with the climate being in the great Northwest, I would imagine, yeah. too. But I mean, listen, you're never going to get uh, every golf course that's going to look like Augusta. You just not because, no. uh, you know, of, of the climate or where it is, it's specifically in Texas, where it's generally warm. Um, you know, it was the first year they had this one. Maybe they'll make some adjustments, but yeah, I mean, I would expect a little better from the PGA. Yeah, and then um, on Friday, I, you know, obviously I'm trying to follow Burns because he's my pick this week. But he's also mm-hmm. like, he's you know, at the time he's he's he hadn't made the surge yet on Friday and really like ripped, you know, ripped that the, what looked like was going to be the 62 that he shot. Right. But like he was he was still like third place, I think, mm-hmm. and. And on the national coverage, I switched from the the uh, featured groups to the national coverage. He was in the same group as Bryson DeChambeau, and I didn't see any shots from Sam Burns and all the shots by Bryson DeChambeau. And yeah. he, was seven, he was seven strokes ahead of Bryson. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's very interesting the way that they select coverage. I mean, if Tiger Woods is playing, whether he's plus three uh, playing Sunday morning, uh, you know, at 8 a.m. or if he's the leader, he he's always going to get the most coverage. But they do give coverage to the guys who are, um, you know, more popular, especially with Bryson. You know, I mean, I, I heard him. Say, I heard uh, somebody say to Dustin, like, you know, what do you think about Bryson hitting the ball as far as he does? Because you're a big hitter. And then Dust, uh, Dustin said something like, you know, I hit the ball a long way, but I don't hit anything nearly as close as he does. So that's yeah. the reason why he's getting all that. Between the fact that he all beefed up and uh, hits the ball a mile, he's also a mad scientist where he rolls golf balls in the tub to see if they're symmetrically round. It's like, you know, the guy goes to all sorts of levels. And, you know, eventually when he's uh, 40 or 50 and he retires from this game and he's got, you know, maybe three or four majors and 15, 20, 30 wins, whatever it is, maybe we'll all look back like and say, you know, similar to him, like uh, Steph Curry, he changed the game. But, I mean, you know, like you said, Sam Burns hasn't done enough right now to it, it, it just to kind warrant. of sucks. As, it kind of sucks as, like, with the whole pip thing, you're supposed to be rewarded on how much you're on TV. And, like, I'm sorry, Sam, Sam Burns won the last event he played in and mm-hmm. was was playing great. You know, was putting on a laser show, and he's seven shots ahead of this guy. Like, how do you expect Sam Burns to get any headway if you're not going to show him on TV when he's supposed to be on TV? Exactly. You know, they, they, they should show... I mean, because this is what they do for coverage. They show the guys who are leading the final group or within uh, a few shots of lead. But if, if you tee off, let's say you and your partner are 15 and 14 under, and the leader after nine or 10 holes is now 17 under, but the guy you're playing with drops back to like 11, you don't see him any shot yeah. for the rest of the day until the 18th where they're like, oh, and now, uh, you know, Francisco <laughs> Molinari, you know, finishing up his tough day. You know, it's like they, they only show the guys who are, who are surging. Or if yeah. there's somebody like... You, you can always tell the highlights where uh, you see some guy like you're like Hunter Mahan here plus six on uh, 16 for uh, his second shot from 230. You know, he's going to stick it like right in or hit an albatross because otherwise, why are we showing Hunter Mahan on 16 yeah. when he's plus seven? Because, you know, that's what they do. They show the great shots and then the guys who are leading the tournament or, you know, within a few shots of the lead. Yeah. So they're very selective on what they do with that. I agree. Yeah, I think it was just a, a, a like on Saturday or Sunday, they probably don't make that same mistake. It was Friday and and. Burns was like, if, you know, NBA Jam, like one shot, two shot, like uh, he's heating up and he's on fire. Right. Like that was, his, he was like in the midst of he's heating up. He wasn't yet on fire. Mm-hmm. And when he was on fire, they obviously showed him, but they should have been showing him a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, I had an interesting situation with Maddie watching it on Saturday. She looked at me and she goes, Daddy, all those people are breaking the rules. None of them are wearing masks. <laughs> And, and your was response like, was? I, I was like, honey, like people are now getting the vaccine and they're outside. So they and it's Texas and no one and cares he, down yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to, you know, like, fortunately the CDC is not saying we could be outside without a mask if you're vaccinated. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. So I tried to play up that aspect. I didn't, I, I didn't lean into the fact that, like, yeah, honey, that's the South and they just do whatever the fuck they want. Hey, speaking of your daughter, I'm glad uh, that you and her were able to actually spend the afternoon watching together because I saw she almost took your head off with a line drive at T-Ball. Yes. Uh, Holy lights, smokes. That was, well, that was even closer than the video looks. It, the, the lights almost went out. I mean, so she, so for those that didn't see or don't follow me on social media, she, uh, she's doing softball and it's coach pitch. So I'm coaching to her. 
She ropes a line drive legitimately right back at my face. Mm -hmm. I hit the deck. The ball flies into center field. And you must have been, what, 20, 25 feet from her underhand? Yeah. Like, real close. Yep. yep. And uh, my brother happened to come up to watch the game, and it was her first at-bat of the game, so he happened to be videotaping it. So it was a great shot of that. So that was her first at-bat. Her second at-bat, she ropes a, a line drive down the right field line that ends up in the stands and hits Hannah in the stands. <laughs> Ouch. Yep. And then her third at-bat, she roped a laser into the left center gap. Like, she's going to hurt someone. She's hitting the ball way too good way too hard for age group mm-hmm. her coach her coach suggest like she's seven and the all the first all-star team is seven and eight mm-hmm. so her coach is like you know you, you should, she, she should try out I, i'm opting not to because she's only played four softball games ever and like she'll likely be the only seven year old on the team so like mm-hmm. she's not gonna, she's not gonna know anybody I'll wait till next year, but um, yeah, she's yeah. Like I'm very lucky to be on this podcast, and she almost took my lights out. Yeah, I uh, I, I know you know all about seeing uh, people take line drives off the head, as when I was pitching slow pitch mm. softball about nine years ago. That's I always right. Had, I always had to beg Tony to let me pitch, you know, because he always just wanted to throw me in the outfield, and I was like, all right, Tony, I have a better glove than you, but I digress. Um, so I, I'm pitching. And the dude ropes one off the side of my head, which from what yes. I'm told, you got the ground ball and threw it over to first. You yeah. got the guy out. Meanwhile, I was still <laughs> seeing stars for a little bit. And after about five, ten minutes, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, finished the game. I drank a couple of Coors Lights and then I got home. And my wife was like, how was your game? And I said, I got hit in the head with a line drive. Immediate, right in the car, straight to the hospital. And they took a scan of my brain. And they saw a, a slight bit of blood. So they made me stay up, stay there overnight. And this is back in 2012 in June. It was like four days before my birthday. And my first daughter was just born in March of 2012. <laughs> so she's like three months. My wife's packing her up in the car, driving me over there, asking her friend to take her home because she wanted to stay with me. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, you know what? The moral of the story is I ain't slow pitch softball anymore. No, the, the, that was the most one of the weirder uh, one six three putouts. But yeah, I'm glad I got credit for uh, knocking it down with my head. <laughs> that was a rope. Yeah, dude, that hurt. That, that dude, I I remember seeing that guy like uh, the next time we played, and he's like, bro. He goes, I almost stopped playing because of that. He goes, I was so freaked out when that went off your head. I'm like, you were so freaked out. And I'm like, how do you think I felt? Oh, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, great, great pull there. Yeah. Uh, see, speaking of, oh, you see where sorry, these go things go. I was gonna say, you see where these things go, Leo. Like things just come back to us. <laughs> I love it. tangents. Yeah, speaking absolutely. of speaking of women's sports, did you see that um, the unfortunate event at the NCAA Regional Women's Golf Championship? I did not. Tell me, see, this is horrendous. So there's like the final twelve teams or something like that mm-hmm. are all supposed to play uh, in the regional section, and then like the top six after play would move on to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Are we talking individuals or, or groups? No, this is these are teams. Teams, okay. And, and then the top three individuals, regardless of whether or not their team advances, would also advance. Mm-hmm. So this was supposed to play this course, and there was like five inches of rain or something like that that came through the days before. Um, and the day of the event, the like commissioner of the event comes out on the steps, and all the girls are out there like outside the, the clubhouse you know, waiting to get started, waiting for this announcement. And he comes out and he says, the course is in, the course is playable, but not in championship conditions. They canceled the regionals. The The top six teams that were seeded coming into them got an automatic pass to the next round. The, the top three girls preceded got the automatic pass to the next round. And all these poor girls that we're banking on playing the regionals and think about it like, like some careers ended that day because this guy said it wasn't playable to championship conditions they're never going to play organized golf again mm-hmm. like we're talking about seniors fifth year seniors who had yeah. their had their se- their other season delayed because of covid like yep. you could just you could just hear just the anguish people crying screaming at this guy like how ridiculous it was so all this is going down, you know, people are stepping up, whether it's, um, you know, professional golfers, Justin Thomas went nuts about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sports center went nuts about it. Um, Similar to and, the NCAA tournament that got postponed for all those guys who were seniors last year for, uh, yeah. for March Madness guys and girls. Uh, so, so, 
what I don't get is how they could even dance on the line of doing this when you saw the uproar with the men's and women's uh, gym facilities for basketball. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yes. So like, so for the NCAA to be like, okay, like women's golf, I'm sorry, like we're just gonna cancel this and just auto advance. So Barstool uh, Riggs, he was like, that's ridiculous, and he threw together basically this petition to host a consolation bracket for the, all the other teams that were eliminated. Mm-hmm. And he's he's going to fundraise the whole thing. He's going to host it out in Arizona. Like, they have this whole movement now. Barstool, like, let the girls play. It looks really awesome. That's great. That's great. It, it was pretty ridiculous fucking fumble by the, uh, by the NCAA. Yeah, you sometimes wonder what goes through these guys' heads. I mean, you know, at their at this point in their life, they don't care. But you got to think about it from the perspective of an 18, 19, 20-year-old girl who's, you know, probably not going to make the LPGA Tour. This is like the last hurrah for everybody who doesn't get to go play professional. And, you know, to do that to somebody, you know, that that's terrible. I mean, that's really, yeah. not, that's really not good. A tornado or a hurricane ripped through that place and, and ripped it to shreds? Then, yeah, sure. But like- of course. You tell me, like, you know, it's a little rain, and not, to, not to put championship conditions. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, I know. I don't know. Um, you have anything else from the AT&T Byron Nelson? No, all in all, a good tournament. You know, I'm obviously looking forward to this week's more so, but, uh, you know, it was fine. It was yes. a good lead up. The, the hangover is on the, the master's hangover is almost done. Mm-hmm. You're almost fully hydrated again. You have, you know, you're, you're taking some clear pisses <laughs> and, you, and, and, and you're getting ready to party again. Yes, sir. Uh, let's look at the standings post, uh, Post the Byron Nelson. I had the most to gain uh, from the Byron Nelson with my Sam Burns solo second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kev- Kevin had that Charles Schwartzel pick for the tie third. It would have been a lot better if it wasn't like a, a super stacked tie third. I think there were mm-hmm. a few guys there tied for third, but he, you know, jumped up to second place there. Scotty Chef got me a 20K, but with you moving up, I bounced from ninth to 10th, but I'm okay with it. Yep, so let's go to the, the uh, year-to-date standing. Stan Stradamus remains in first place, 5.01 million. Uh, Kev Henry moves from fourth to second in his rookie season of PGA Fantasy Golf, 4.337 million. Anderson uh, bops down a spot. He was in second last week to 4.16 million. Pat Hackett, uh, 4.027 million in fourth place. Billy Mack sticks with fifth place, 3.999. I moved up to seventh uh, from 14th. Staniel, like you said, dropped to 10th. Uh, Slice in the Skull, who I was with on Sunday. I'll get to that a little bit later. They actually dropped back a spot. They were 19th. Mm-hmm. Now they're 20th. Um, so, guys, come on. Let's get going. Defending champs. And our cellar dweller, I'm sorry, Tommy Cargo Shorts, you are still there. Uh, you are giving Chazzo a run for his money as uh, the longest standing cellar dweller so far. So <laughs> please, yeah. please get out of there. Please get out of there. Dilly Dilly, uh, plus 34 collectively on his pick, sitting in 22nd. I thought Dylan yeah. won this a few years ago. Come on, DDP. You're better than that. He won, he won the first season. Yep. Kev Henry, by the way, only won still. His, his perfect cut streak remains. Mm-hmm. Uh, he texted me, I think it was last week. He's like, I'm more stressed out about making cuts than I am about succeeding because he just wants to keep the streak alive. Yeah, what did he say to me the other day? He was talking to me about... Um... You know, all of the all of the people. Uh, he said something like the Undertaker at WrestleMania, um, somebody else. He goes, and then there's me making cuts. And I'm like, okay, Kev, just stop getting ahead of yourself here. <laughs> I, got, I, I got to find the text. I, I got to find the text where he says this. But um, yeah, we were talking about uh, a lot of things over the week. I feel like every time I look at my thread with my brother, every, it's like it's just like flooded with like sports, like this sport. He goes, there's Joe DiMaggio streak. The Undertaker at WrestleMania and me picking guys Thursday to Sunday. <laughs> That's great. I was That's like, great. okay, Kev, here we go. <laughs> Famous streak. That's fantastic. Um, let's go to um, lookalikes. And I don't really have any this week. You uh, told me that you have a couple yourself. So Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about them today. I mean, you know, because a, a lot of the guys' personas on the golf course and how they're perceived – um, you can do you can do some local oaks. So I was thinking about uh, Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar looks like the guy who's out to dinner with his wife while another guy walks up and starts hitting on his girlfriend while he's on a date with her and says, come on, man, this is my girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
He just That's looks like good. he just looks like that aw shucks G golly like yeah. come on I don't want to fight I just I just want to I just want to be left alone. <laughs> and then uh, and then I got one more for your boy um, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed looks like the guy who would walk up to a new member at the country club who didn't really know anybody and says Hey man how you doing Welcome to the club. He goes I, you know I I, I just want to let you know I have this uh, this putter here that. Uh, that that yeah, that I could sell you for 150 bucks because uh, you know it's a Scotty Cameron and I think you'd do it. And the guy's thinking to him, okay, Patrick Reed seems like a nice guy. When in reality, it's the current club champions putter, and he's about to play his round. It doesn't know where it is, and he's hawking it off. And then, oh wait a minute, that actually is who Patrick Reed was via oh, wait, college. He actually, he actually did steal Scotty Cameron's from his college teammates. Yes, That's he right. did. Yes, and he sell did. them for cash. It's funny how uh, that, it's funny how that all came to came in full circle. He was at University of Georgia doing that, got kicked off, went to Augusta State, and then comes back and wins the Masters. Ugh. Yeah, and now he's now he's still the number one villain. He to me, Patrick Reed looks like the uh, the king evil pig in Angry Birds. Letter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my god! I was thinking of another. You, you ever see the ones where Patrick Reed is kind of like it's hot out? And he's kind of like looking and staring down a pin, and he's sweating, and his upper lip flat, and he's kind of got like that—that that he's showing his teeth. And that, that that face is the Patrick Reed that looks like, God damn! And he's talking to his uh, brother-in-law. I shouldn't eat all them chicken wings last night. I got a shit so bad. <laughs> uh, Charles Schwartzel kind of looks like a dentist commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Chompers on that guy. If, he, he, if he you make sure if you make sure you brush twice a day and use your floss, your teeth will be just fine. Yeah. He's the one that pops out of like nine out of ten dentists. Uh, you know, recommend whatever Charles Schwartz is using, except for the putters. Except for his putters, exactly. Yeah. One out of ten golfers recommend his fucking router putter. Yeah, seriously. But uh, all right, let's jump into week of Leonard, and I also want to hear a little bit week of Daniel. So okay, okay. week of Leonard. Last week, uh, I had a, we had a makeup game for Maddie on Wednesday, uh, which was a lot of fun. I did not get. Uh, hit in the face, thankfully. That was a different game, but um, I actually hit two girls mm-hmm. pitching. Uh, one of which I actually hit in the face cage. That wasn't oh, great. So, geez, Louise. Hopefully, yeah, it was underhand. Should... Oh, it was underhand. They, okay. they shook it off nicely, and the parents were really chill about it. So that that's good at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday night, uh, we had dinner here at my house. My mom cooked uh, dinner with both sets of grandparents. Pretty great. My parents are up from Florida, and Hannah's parents are around. They didn't go to Maine. Um, so anytime I'm with my father-in-law, uh, Joe Lynch, um, that leads to IPAs. Um, so mm-hmm. I had a bun- bunch of IPAs and then when my mother-in-law is around, um, we also tend to have some really cheap wine. It's like, <laughs> it's a good combo. It's like, yeah, it's like the white wine where it's like, you know, $9 for three liters. Oh, the Trader Joe's, uh, two buck Chuck jammies. I mean, Trader Joe's two buck Chuck would be a step up from this uh, high end for this. Oh God! So I don't I don't know why, but after they left, and uh, so when they left, I, I stopped with the IPAs, and then Hannah's like, "Man, that was a lot! Like, I want to pour another glass of wine." I was like, "Well, I don't want to open another IPA. I'll have some of your cheap wine." And then that, mm-hmm. that did not. That did oh, not Leo, Leo, well. cardinal rule number one: don't mix yeah. things that are so different. You you, yeah. may, you may get a great drunk and a great buzz out of it, but the next day it's just not worth it. It was just it's just you could I could taste the cheap in the morning. Remember when we like used I... to go to Beer Fest down in Atlantic City and you'd try this IPA and that IPA and this oh, IPA yes. and you were like blackout drunk, feeling great. And then the next day you're like, my God, with all the different sugars and alcohol contents and, you know, this is a porter and this is a lager. And, oh, forget yeah. it. Your mouth tastes like you just ate a fucking <laughs> box of chalk. Yeah, throw up in it and then swallowed it again. Yes. Yeah. Um, Saturday, I milked my hangover while watching the Leeds game. Um, you know, Maddie and I are still very much in the English Premier League. Mm-hmm. They had a nice 4 nothing win. I had a nice bagel sandwich and uh, some coffee to wash down the hangover. Uh, but it was a really busy day after that. So Maddie had her first dance recital mm-hmm. on Saturday, which was actually extremely efficient and well done. It was like 35 minutes outside at like a high school football field and they had a stage set up so that worked out great cool uh we rolled that into softball as you mentioned before maddie almost hit me in the face Mm -hmm. uh that was a fun game and then we came back and we had a combined 40th birthday party for my two neighbors nick and nicole it was fantastic are they married yes nick and nicole are married nick and nicole Um, are married okay yep um i'm actually i can look out their window and i can see uh we we put 40 uh, plastic flamingos on Nicole's front lawn to celebrate her birthday. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, but we had a great time at, at her party. 
um, we set records uh, for all the children on how late they got home. So Hannah brought Harper home at 11 p.m. Oh, my God. Johnny got home at 11.30. Wow. And Maddie and I, yes, I'm saying Maddie and I, not Hannah and I, Maddie and I walked through the door at 1.20 in the morning. Oh, my God. What a cool parent you are, man. My dad had bedtimes for me until I was in high school. <laughs> that was IPAs, beers, high noons, Gentleman Jack, and for some fucking reason, Black and Milds. While we and, were wait, black- and this was Saturday night into Sunday? Just, yes. Oh, man. And, Didn't you have a tea time Sunday morning? Oh, we had afternoon tea time. Oh, okay. So, uh, when we were blasting the Spotify Yacht Rock mix, which is fantastic, fantastic. if anybody hasn't listened to it already. Yacht um, Rock. Yeah, hmm. Yacht Rock. So, yeah, Sunday was a struggle bus in the morning, a lot of recovering. And then I played Forsgate at 2 p.m. with Billy Mac, Drew, and Jay. So, the Skull and the Slice. It was their first time playing Forsgate. Um, we had a fantastic time. Uh, it was a tight match, me and Billy versus Jay and Drew. Uh, we lost the well. We, we lost the front by one. We tied the back, so we lost overall by one. Um, but Man, was, Billy just can't seem to pick a partner who wins for them, huh? This was a hundred percent my fault. So, oh, okay. um, I don't know. It was probably me staying up till one twenty in the morning. Um, I was also like, admittedly, and, and you know, I'm I'm on I'm on Dan's you know therapy couch right now. Um, <laughs> Please tell me, Leo. I'm going to admit, like, I was a bit nervous playing in front of Jay and Drew for the first time in a while. It was the first time I played with Drew in a while. Like, but Leo, game... he's your little brother. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I know. I know. But, like, I want, to, I want to do well, and I want to play well. And I also wanted them to enjoy themselves. It was their first time at, at Forest Gate. I'm explaining mm-hmm. them the course layout and stuff like that. Okay, so if I'm going to come in here and come on this podcast and talk about the good nines that I play. I need to talk about the bad nines also. All right. Dan, do it. Dan, the front nine at Forest Gate yesterday, I had to check if my clubs were bent in the car. Really? Like, it was so... I forgot how to play golf. It was full shot mode. Like, I went Matt Wolf to the max. Bro, I shot a 57. Shut the front door. Didn't you just tell me last time you shot a 42 at Shaq recently? Yes. Um, and on the back, I shot a 45. Well, I mean, listen. <laughs> okay, so maybe the front was, yes, you were a little bit of nerves, plus, you know, the copious amounts of alcohol you digested the night before maybe had not worn off until you were in the heat of the afternoon where your body yeah. was purging some of it. So, but yeah, it, you know, it's funny you say that because when I start to tell you about my story where I was playing with people that I didn't know and I didn't think anything of it, I, you know, I, I tend to play better when I'm around or when I'm not around people that I know. And then when I play against people that are better than me and I want to show them how good I've got, I always shit the bed. Specifically, yeah. uh, Ryan Bailey, you know who he is. Be- yes. Much better golfer than I am. Played in high school and I've always wanted to beat him. And every time we go out, he's like, how many strokes you want? And the last time I was like, I don't need any strokes. He's like, oh, okay. He beat me by 11 shots. So it's yeah. like, you know, it, it's funny that you say that. So continue. No, I mean, that, it was, that's kind of what it was. Um, you know, I was, I was, I wasn't even mad. I was just like befuddled lost frustrated it was just like just flabbergasted at how bad how bad it was and then i grabbed uh some sausage and peppers at the turn um and i found a little something on the driver's swing i mean i i think i hit every single fairway mm-hmm. with the driver with the driver on the back except for number 10 mm-hmm. um i it, it was the force gate was in phenomenal shape the rough was thick the greens were stupid fast mm-hmm. um it was it was in primo position and I turned it around and I shot a 45 on the back. And I mean, we were, we were down three stepping onto the eight T box. Billy won eight, Billy won nine. I won 10 mm-hmm. to, to draw us all square. And then like, we basically went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I actually like, you know, resembled the golfer on the back nine, but the front nine <laughs> was one of those. It was just complete Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, it was, one of those, I found a little something in the driver's string on the back, which means I cannot wait to get back out there and, and see yeah. if I can find it again. I am going out, a little preview to this week. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to have to play nine holes with my dad and, and Baldino mm-hmm. um, at like 4.30 at Shack, um, And then I'm scheduled to play on Sunday 
uh, potentially with some work buddies. One guy is leaving and going to Massachusetts, so I want to get around in with him before he leaves. Uh, but um, yeah, it, like that. How bad the front nine was, and then how much I rebounded in the back nine. I can't wait yeah. to uh, to get back out there and try to fix it or and and make up for it. I mean, my handicap probably like it, it, the handicap machine probably saw the score and was like, "Excuse me, like did you mm-hmm. have a typo?" Because it was it, like it's just going to be thrown out as an outlier. But right, right, right. Um, Hey, listen, man. You is. you improve by twelve shots. I don't care where you're playing. That's that's an accomplishment. So yeah, you just got to shake off that front nine and uh, you know buckle down and yeah. focus and, and and get to it. So yeah, um, let me know or please let us know how um, this past weekend went with your uh, solo mission. Okay. Uh, so 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 you know the Somerset County courses. You gotta you gotta book them a week in advance, right? So. I'm looking and I'm looking and I, and I go on there. I'm, I'm probably on like Tuesday or Wednesday in the middle of the week and they let you book a week in advance. So anything worth worth going at is, is bad. So there's five courses. There's the one near my house, which I think is the nicest. And then there's like four other ones. One of them that everybody hates, which is Warren Brook, which we've played a lot because it's tree line fairways. But then the other three um, are all kind of spread out and wide open. And I think the one of the nicest ones this is Quail Brook in Somerset. You ever play Quail Brook? Yes. Okay. So I, I like this course, and I'm looking at it, and they had one slot opening for 9:20 on a Sunday, and I booked this like Wednesday. So I mean, people had the opportunity to book it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and it's open. So yes. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. So I show up, and I get there about 8:40 or so, and I pay, and I'm, and I'm rolling with the putter that I got. Then I'm looking around, and you know, there's a whole group of uh, Anurban Lahiris that are there, and I'm like, okay, so maybe I'm playing with them. And then the fourth guy showed up, and I was like, nope, they're they're all playing. So they they happened to be the group in front of us so then i'm looking around and like this guy actually pulled up right next to me old dude senior citizen had to be 60 something super skinny nice guy um so he's there and then two ladies roll up and i'm looking and i'm like oh my god this is gonna be my foursome right now so i've got paired (laughs) up with two women who had to be in their late 50s early 60s and this other guy who um from what i found out later in the round got paired up with these ladies one week and then starts texting them or calling them every week i, I found out once as as the round went along that the ladies were oh les- wow that the ladies were lesbians and they were you know together okay um, and then the guy would be like texting them like hey were we playing next week they apparently had played saturday morning together too and this was sunday <clears throat> so i showed up and i asked the guy i'm like hey where are you where are you hitting from he goes oh i'm, I'm hitting from the senior tees i'm like all right so i got one guy hitting from the seniors and then i got the ladies hitting from the ladies obviously right you guys so, are all over the place yeah so i said to myself i said fuck it i was like the blue tees are 6100 yards i said the tips are 66 and change so i said you know what i'm gonna play from the tips so i was first on the tee i was playing from the tips and uh first hole par five i hit a great drive my second shot um you know, probably 200 yards out or something. I hit a three wood or something and I wound up in the trap. And I will just preface this entire thing by saying I used to be pretty reliable out of the sand. Leo, it cost me the best round of my career or my life yesterday. And I will explain why. So I, I hit the second shot into the trap. It took me two sand shots to get out. <clears throat> I wound up uh. hitting a double bogey on the first par five. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, all right, I should at least be able to get a five with my distance. Nope. Seven. Second hole, short, I missed an easy putt, five, bogey. So I'm three over through two. I'm like, all right, you know, this is obviously not going to be my day to, to make any records. Next two holes, par, following bogey. So I'm four over through five. Following hole, par five, uh, hardest hole on the course, number one. Uh, I hit a birdie. So now I'm three over through six. Whoa. I'm like, okay. okay, next hole, par, three over through seven, following hole. 160 yards, par three. I'm like, you know what? I'm stroking it pretty good. Eight iron. Comes up five yards short in the front trap. Two shots to get out of that. Five. So now I'm like, okay, crap. So now I'm like, uh, what am I, five over? <clears throat> Next hole, birdie. So four over for the round. So I shot a 40 on the front. I'm like, all right. And my best score ever is 80. I've done it twice at both of these county courses, but from the blue tees. So I'm hitting yeah. from the back tees, and I'm, I'm like pretty impressed with myself. Honestly, Leo, I'm not just saying this. I was striping the driver. Like That's easy great. every day, all day. Everything hit the fairway. Everything. And they, even the one that I hit bad on the back spit out of the woods into the rough. And I was like, man, this is this is just going great. So I'm 40. <laughs> so the first three holes on the back, par, par, par. I'm like, okay, so I'm doing well. Fourth hole, bogey. Fifth hole, par five, bogey. Sixth hole, bogey. So I'm three over. So I'm like, all right, I'm three over. So I walk to the 16th tee. It's 333 yards. It's the short par four. I rapid drive has to be close to 300, okay? 
So I'm thinking to myself, I got to walk away from this with a birdie and get myself back to two under or two over. Excuse me. I hit a wedge shot short and then I hit my birdie putt skims the side par. So I'm like, okay, I got three over. I got two holes left. I got a par five for 481. And then the hardest hole on the back from what I think, 455 par four. I get up to the fifth. I get up to the tee on 17, rapid drive, hit it nice and straight. The second one, I'm 210 yards out or something, and I don't want long. So I hit a five iron instead of hitting one of my four woods or three woods to try to be on the green. Yeah. Leo, I nutted it left into the trap. It's two <laughs> shots to get out of the sand. Now I'm on now, now I'm on the fringe putting for par. Okay. Miss that one, tap in six. So I need a par, th- I need a uh, birdie three on 18 to shoot 79. Okay, so obviously that's in my head at this point. I'm like, God, I've been so close so many times before. I'm yeah. telling you, I, I lost four shots just on sand alone because I told you I was in three bunkers and it took <laughs> yeah. two shots to get out of them. So I rapid drive. It's like I hit it solid. It was a little left. So I'm looking. I'm like, I got a window with the tree and everything. I can get out. I'm like 190, 195 yards out. I hit a five iron and I didn't hit it flush. Wound up in the middle of the fairway. Long story short, I hit a six. Shot at 82. But I was so close. I was Did like, you get out of any bunkers on one sh- uh, with one track? Um, the entire day? I, I don't think so. I mean, listen, <laughs> some of the, some of the traps were like that really wet sand where the first yeah. one I hit, I should have had the JB with me because I went bunker to bunker. Actually, you know what? I didn't. I went bunker to over the bunker onto the other tee box on the first oh, hole gosh. where I hit the double. But I hit a good shot to get on the green and two-putted and I got my seven. But I, I don't know what was going on. I usually hit out of the trap pretty well. Not like, you know, the guys yeah. who stick it. But to, no, to but get you, out of the trap and just to, like, put it on the You're usually not leaving so, it in there, yeah. Yeah, it happened three times, Leo. Three times. But the ball striking was really good. The putter was was really good. I made a couple of poor selections. I should have hit a seven when it was 160 because the pin was uh, was back. And I was trying to come short of the hole. And I strike struck it good. And... You know, I'm a high ball hitter, so a lot of them, yeah. you know, go up and then come right down. <clears throat> nope, right in the trap. And so See, this this was... is where Dil- this is where Dylan would say, This is why this game is so great. It's such a slippery little minx. And and you know, I could go I could shave twelve shots between two nines. Mm-hmm. You can you can you could tickle your career best despite hitting bunker shots like a Muppet. Like that's why this game is, is yep. just so fucking stupid. <laughs> Dude, I, I walked to the 16th tee. I was seven over for the day. So I'm at so I'm at 79. I mean, I, was, I wouldn't have been at 79 if I parted. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm like, I've, I've almost driven this green a couple of times before from the blue. And I almost did it from the gold. And I just hit a poor pitch shot. And that was my opportunity to get a birdie. And then the, the one on uh, 17, when I was sitting there 200 yards out, with a five iron in hand and I hit it good and it went right into the trap. And I was like, I said to myself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the sand again. And I just, <laughs> I, I got, I got all that mental clutter that told myself I wasn't going to be able to do it at that point. But I got on 18T and I said, Dan, you know what? You can do this. Just, you've been hitting the driver good all day. Just get one in the fairway, give yourself a look. And I smashed it, but it went left. And uh, that was the end of that. So, I mean, listen, I shouldn't be complaining about an 82, but yeah. When, when 80, by the way, bro, 82 from the tips. So, yeah, I mean, 6,600 yards. That was the first time. Uh, that, that's pro- that's easily the best score I've ever shot from the tips, albeit I've only played maybe three or four rounds ever from the tips, but I've never shot 82. Um, cool. How far is Shaq from the tips? <clears throat> Uh, Are you seven? Shit, I don't know. I, uh, I'm not sure. And I feel like I usually have a scorecard on my desk, and mm-hmm. it's like the one time I don't. Yeah, I mean, the greens are much faster at Shaq than they were at uh, at this place yesterday. But I, I just made some really bad decisions. Even the one that uh, on the par five, what is it, 15th or something? I hit a great drive, which uh, actually I didn't hit a great drive. I hit the ball solid, but it bounced out of the trees. And then I hit a six iron about 180 yards into, uh, you know, a shot where I had 100 yards in with a front pin, Leo. 100 yards in for my third shot on a par five with a gap wedge. And you know what? I'm, I even had my, my range gun. I shot it. I'm like, okay. And then it took so long. We were waiting on a lot of tees. And, you know, these people, sweet people yesterday, but yeah. none of them could hit a driver in the air 100 yards. I mean, literally all day. Like, I would hit my drive first, and then they would each take two to three shots to get to where I was, and then I'd hit again. So it was very slow pace of play. And you know what? They're, they're older, and they were, you know, they're not, they're not as young as... But it still slows down your momentum and everything. 
So I'm sitting yeah. there and, and I hit the gap wedge and I freaking, I, I gave it a full swing, which put me on the back of the green. And then of course the pins in the front and it's downhill. So then I'm running it all the way down the hill and I wound up bogeying it. And I'm thinking, Dan, use your head. I mean, this game is, you know, you got to have skill and you got to know how to hit it, but it's also cerebral. That's why I would do so well with a caddy. He'd be like, all right, bro, listen, this is all you need to do. All you need to do is just chip it up there and just pitch yeah. it. Stay under that's the why, hole. You know? That's why my dad calls Dylan Bagger Vance. Yeah. I, I miss Dylan. We got to get around that with him, man. Yes, we do. We do. All right. So that's oh, my uh, that's my story for golf. I was I was looking so forward to it, but afterwards, Dan, you know. Dan's Quailbrook recap brought to you by, what's the scotch you're drinking again? <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Fittich, 18, single or uh, small batch reserve. All right. I love it. Which is probably why I'm talking so much, too, because I'm a little tipsy right now. That's, you, that's, you know how that goes. <laughs> it's, deli- it's delicious. delicious. Once, once it hits your lips, it's so good. So, yeah, I mean, oh. but, you know, now I'm super excited to play again because I was striking it yeah, well and I was like, oh, I got to I gotta get get back out there. But I don't think it's going to be this weekend. I will give you a little short story. Uh, one of the insurance companies that I work with, uh, New Jersey Manufacturers, um, they have all the agents part of like a little golf clinic. I'm actually going to Matitaconk tomorrow to get a lesson from a PGA Tour pro there who's the who's the pro at Matitaconk uh, from oh, wow. 3 to 4.30. Basically <clears throat> just, to, you know, they, they're like, what do you want to improve on? Hitting the ball further, irons, putting, chipping, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I'll, I'll check in with you next week and let you know how that went. This is my what second official lesson with somebody. So uh, well, we'll see. That, that, that's actually a fantastic segue into the PGA Championship because the PGA Championship, uh, apparently your boy at Matitacons did not qualify to play in the PGA Championship despite, despite the opportunity to, to qualify. Really? I, I don't know anybody personally over there. It's just whoever's whoever's doing it for the insurance. I mean, I'm sure they're paying them a couple hundred bucks yep. to do it for three of us. But yeah. So uh, how do you know this? So, you, you, there's like a list no. of everybody who tried out? No, so that's how the PGA Championship works. So, so let's do this. So, PGA Championship, many uh, by many people's measures, is the least exciting uh, and the easiest of the four majors. But, but it's major golf nonetheless. Let's get excited. Yes, right? exactly. Oh, it's the and Kiowa Island is beautiful. Exactly. So the 103rd edition uh, this year at Kiowa, the ocean, uh, the ocean course. Um, last year was at TPC Harding Park. Um, but the PGA Championship is considered the professional golfers championship as one can qualify uh, as a local club pro. I'm not going to see Shaq Maxson's Joe Bush on the tee sheet this week, and we're not going to see uh, apparently the, this Matitacon guy. Um, but there is a, a tournament that exists before this. It's the PGA Professional Championship, which uh, is all the pros of all the country clubs, you know, anyone that can qualify through regionals, and get to this stage, your qualification is you have to be a professional at a, at a at a club and you know climb the ranks. So this PGA Pro Championship event was once held at Philadelphia Cricket Club, where uh, Drew's dad, uh, Jason's boss, is a member. Uh, the one time I got to play Cricket Club was the week after the PGA Professional Championship. The greens were lightning. The rough was uh, Joe uh, Joe Godwin, uh, Drew's dad, put it best. He said hitting a ball out of the rough was like trying to hit a ball out of a pile of bed sheets. It was <laughs> Jesus. It was awesome. But so you can qual so in this PGA professional championship, the top twenty or so uh, at the end of that event get an automatic bid into the PGA championship. PGA championship obviously has all of the, you know, the top hundred in the in the uh, world golf rankings, and it has some exemptions. Um, also this year, obviously one of the bigger exemptions that everyone's making a big deal about is my boy, Ricky, because he dropped to, I think 112th in the world now. Uh, yeah, not great. Uh, obviously Will Zalatoris is going to get an exemption because he's not actually on the PGA tour yet. Um, but he did come in second at the last major. So they're probably giving him a chance. Exactly. I mean, Will Zalatoris is going to be an automatic sponsor exemption for the rest of the season. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the tournament actually also used to be match style. Uh, or match match play style. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a bracketed match play, much like the Dell match play, um, which means a lot of no namers ended up winning the PGA Championship earlier on when it was match play, because they went on this like Ripper Magoo type heater for the week, mm-hmm. and, and and ended up winning you know quote unquote a major. Um, the most PGA Championships of all time is uh, Mr. Nicholas. He has five. Uh, the lowest total in the stroke play format, remember not match play, the stroke play format after a switchover 
is Brooke, uh, Brooks Cupcakes Kepka in 2018. Um, at Beth Page? Two, oh, no, it was at, at the 264. US Open. Yeah, that was the US Open. This was at, um, geez, uh, Bell Reeve. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bell Reeve in 2018. Uh, and remember, he also, oh, no, the PGA was at Beth Page in 2019, but it was playing a lot harder in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cupcakes, Cupcakes uh, won it in 2018. That's, that's... And... I'm sorry, Gab. So he won in 2018 and 2019. And then um, obviously Colin Morikawa won this last year at TPC Harding Park. It is what kind of propelled the Skull and the Slice, the tandem bike, to their uh, PJ Fantasy Tour win last year because they won this with Morikawa and then they won the WGC St. Jude with with uh, Justin Thomas right after that. They went back-to-back number ones and – yeah. Left us all in their wake. But how about that fade Morikawa hit up the driver on 16, which was in with what, like six feet that he hit for Eagle? Yes, that's gonna be Sick. one of the one of the greatest shots in, in PGA championship history. Yep. Uh, honestly. Um, some of the storylines this week. Obviously, we returned to Kiowa Island. Uh, the last time we were at Kiowa Island was in 2012 for the PGA Championship, where Rory McElroy uh, won by eight shots. Mm-hmm. Yes, you heard that right. Eight Back shots. when Rory was still a uh, long-haired, scruffy kid, rocking his uh, Jumeirah Irish Resorts and hitting titles club. Yep, exactly. Um, what else? What are the storylines? Uh, Jordan Spieth is going for the career Grand Slam. He's yep. obviously playing some good golf right now. And he uh, would be the only one to do it with one major each, I heard. Yes, he will be the only one to do with one, 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 and one. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have? Brooks Kepka is going to – he missed the cut in Texas, but he's going to – Apparently gutted out. I'm so tired of hearing about him fucking limping around and not with the knee, right? Yeah, not him not being able to crouch and read putts. I'm, I'm just tired of it. Um, like if you're hurt, dude, just fucking go away for a little bit and get and get better. Like <laughs> just mail it in, bro. General yeah, take good should, care of you. He's the milkman. Me and my buddy have nicknamed him the milkman because he just he's gonna milk this one as long as he can. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Johnson's gonna return after. Um, W. Ding in Texas with the knee injury. We'll see how that goes. Bryson mm. DeChambeau obviously is going to be in there. Um, not sure how the bomb it and figure it out mentality is going to do on the ocean course, considering um, it, the water. It, yeah, lots of water. It's set alongside the Atlantic Ocean and boasts the most seaside holes in the northern hemisphere. Um, so you can imagine wind is definitely going to play a factor. Uh, besides Rory's 2012 eight-shot win, uh, it's also famous for the 1991 Ryder Cup uh, at, on the ocean course as well. Par 72, 7,876 yards. Holy fuck, that is far. Um, I'm sorry, say that again. 7,000 what? 7,876. It's almost 8,000. Yeah, so, so, so that means you're going to see a lot of uh, par fours that are over 500 yards, I'm imagining, or a lot of par threes that are 230 or more. So I'm reading this now. The Pete, die, Pete and Alice die design has been stretched to more than 7,800 yards, making it the longest major championship venue in history. The previous mark was Aaron Hill's. The 2017 U.S. Open, which was won by Kepka, also mm-hmm. uh, 7,741 yards. That is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's 200 yards further than it played in 2012 uh, with Rory's monster win. Mm-hmm. Should be good. Should be really good. Uh, you know, people are going to be looking at DJ also at being in South Carolina, him being a South Carolina boy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a lot of work <clears throat> there. He hosts a big event and a big charity um, to advance junior golf down there. So uh, we'll see if he's done doing backflips off off of boats and ready to start playing some real <laughs> some real golf. Yeah. Um, any who who's on your radar? Uh, I, I got I got to throw I also got to throw it to you for some some betting odds. What's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm looking at my list, apparently. I've already picked the number two, three, four, eight, ten, and 14th ranked players in the world, those respectively being Thomas, Rom, Shoffley, Reed, Simpson, and Finau. So I still got one, five, six, seven, which is Dustin, Bryson, Colin, Rory, T- Terrell Hatton, and Hovland round out the top 11. You know what? I'm going to have to say that I'm going to be picking somebody within the top 15. I'm not even going to scroll down on this just because it's such a highly prestigious event. Um, let me ask you this. You think we have a first-time winner this year or no? Uh, I mean, the odds are in the favor of saying yes because it's like 
you know, Dustin, DeChambeau, Morikawa, Rory. I mean, you know, there's only so many guys who have won. Obviously, Medek, Matsuyama yeah. now, Kepka. Yeah, I mean, yes. Y- yes. Um, I think the next question becomes, will it be a first-time major winner? Yeah, that's um, what I mean. First-time major. Oh, oh, sorry. I don't mean first-time winner first of the season. No, 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 no. I mean first-time first first time major. A first-time major winner. Well, I mean, I guess the odds aren't really saying that, right? Because Rory's, Rory's your favorite at 11-1. Justin yep. Thomas is, is second at 14-1. He's got a major. Yeah, and Rom. then your first, your first guy that doesn't have a major is Rom. Right. At fourteen to one, Spieth obviously has his three. Bryson has one. DJ has two. Xander, right? <laughs> Xander. So then you have that batch where it's Xander, Hovland, Berger, Morikawa. Uh, not getting a lot of respect at thirty to one, considering he won last year. I mean, I don't know if he's going to win again, but I figured you'd give him better odds than that. He's putting horribly. Well, I mean, maybe he's been watching Wolf in that match play that he had together. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's dragging his ass around. It's probably not not a great feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Finau and Reed are both looking at thirty-five to one. Cam Smith thirty-five to one. Webb Simpson thirty-five to one. Patrick Cantley thirty-five to one. Wow, that's a mm-hmm. that's a beefy thirty. Sam, my boy, Sam Burns forty to one. You love him, huh? What about Tommy <laughs> Longhair? Are we giving him any looks at fifty to one? Oh, it's you are in my head. So I love. I saw Tommy Fleetwood there fifty to one, and I noticed this. Uh, my my friend and I uh, talked about this today. This is a sneaky, sneaky, under-the-radar factoid. Tommy Fleetwood does not have a win on the PGA Tour. Yes, I know. And you know what? He's got such a claim because... Uh, I feel like he... that flies under the radar so much for as good as a golfer as he is to not have a win in the United States. Mm-hmm. And what's his most uh, popular win on the European Tour? I mean, obviously, it wasn't the Open. Um, has he won, like, uh, the Aberdeen Scottish Open or anything of note? Or, I mean, is it I just, even... like, one of those little rinky-dink Denmark Masters tournaments? No, I think he won some Euro stuff. Like, the, I think he was very um... – he was up there in the race to Dubai. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to look real quick. But you can, eight... yeah, you, you can get up there in the race to Dubai just by finishing top five in a lot of tournaments, you know? Yeah, he's got eight career wins. Eight career professional wins. Um, really? Yeah, I just don't know where the fuck any of them are. Cause it's... Oh, here we go. Uh, Johnny Walker Championship at Glen Eagles. Mm, okay. The, uh, the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. Mm-hmm. That actually looked legit because he beat Dustin Johnson by one stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, the HNA Open de France. He beat when, Peter U. Peter when were Uline. these? 2017. Okay. Was, was that the last he, time he won on on any sort of tour? 2017. Two, uh, no, he won in 2019. He won the Ned Bank Golf Challenge. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, That's junior here, golf in Europe. This was in South Africa. Yeah, uh, Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. He won twice, actually. He won mm-hmm. uh, another time in 2018. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's sneaky as good as a golfer is it? He is. He's never um, he's never won on the PGA Tour. Did you Finished hear about se- se- second at both the U.S. Open, sorry, and the, and the okay. Open Championship? Did you hear about this guy on the European Tour, young dude who's a lefty? His last name is Higo H I G G O. No. Have you heard? Have you heard about him? So um, I guess they did a European tour um, um, little trip in Spain, and there were three tournaments in the country of Spain. Um, he won the first one, came in eighth in the second one, and won the third one. And I want to say uh, combined score for the three, he was like minus sixty three. And Holy the dude, shit. and the dude has to be, you know, 24, 25. And he's like, he's skinny, but you look at his arms, he's like thick, and he's a lefty too. So don't be surprised if you. I can't remember what the first name is. If I Google it, Garrett. Yeah. Gar- I'm looking at Garrett Higo. He's 80 to one. Other guys, by the way, that are 80 to one: Brian Harmon, Gary Wood. Oh yeah, Max- dude, he's in the PGA. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Max Homa, Matt Wallace, Jason Day, Siwoo Kim. He's ahead. He has better odds. Than players like Charles Schwartzel, Bubba Watson, Lee Westwood, Jason Kokrak, Matt Kuchar, Ricky Fowler, Billy Horschel, Cameron Pringle with a T, Tringale. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, the the who kid, is this guy? the kid hits the shit out of the ball, and he's wow. and, and he just he, you look at him um, when he's on the when he's up there. He's got the flat brim hat. He's got the shades on. 
he just looks unflappable whether it's birdie or bogey you wouldn't be able to tell by his facial expressions but you know in the morning when i wake up early with my son and uh, they're in these you know foreign countries the european tour is on in the morning so i'm watching this i'm like i'm like didn't this dude just win like two weeks ago and he's just like slaughtering the field like you know notable guys on the european tour that he's taken down at his tender yeah. age of 25 or 26 um you know just killing it so sleeper pick for all of you uh big wagerers out there i'm not saying wow. he's gonna win but i'm saying maybe throw a little cheddar for a top 10 top 20 because you know the kid can play dude you know what we call this we call this value add i can't like this is that's a pull i, I can't wait to see this guy like emerge someday mm-hmm. and i can be like well the first time i heard about him was doing my podcast with 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 daniel henry in his backyard mm-hmm. yeah and you know what i, nice I, I do the same thing with uh with football when they're talking about the draft because i watch a lot of college football too which i know a lot of people wait to see you know what guys are coming you know what guys they're talking about for their team but um you know i know a lot of college football players too um so i tend to do pretty decent in the drafts that i have because i know that the rookies the hot rookies are coming up speaking of uh, hotties uh page spearneck is now doing points bet on tv for oh, yes. a new gambling website my god oh yes anyway i digress i digress oh, all right well uh, anything else for the PGA? No, looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to see maybe if I can sneak out on Thursday or Friday somewhere and play around. I always like playing on the days that majors yes. are and being that it's the weekend and of a major. Plus, I got a lot of crap going on this weekend. I think I got my, my daughter's playing soccer and then my, my anniversary, 11 years, is Friday night. So I'll be doing something with wifey. Uh, considering last year's kind of got canceled, we were supposed to go to yeah. Disney World with the kids and that just fell through. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It should be a great weekend. You know, the sun's shining in South Carolina, and uh, the weather looks pretty good up here in NJ, too. So uh, enjoy your golf this week, and uh, look, looking forward to getting back to playing with you guys. And uh, we'll see what we can uh, do next week for the pod to top this one. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have any better stories than my uh, epic <laughs> meltdown at Quailbrook uh, yesterday, but... Oh, man. No, let's, let's hope not, but... Um... The, the actual the coverage is great this week too because they partner with ESPN. Mm-hmm. So like, it's usually on TNT, isn't it, or TBS? Uh, yes, I don't think they have that anymore. So now it's ESPN and CBS. The coverage is so get ESPN Plus if you don't already. I have, have it, I do have it. Yeah, because it starts on ESPN Plus. I think it's seven like, seven a.m. Yeah, I never understand why uh, ESPN only shows the Masters three to seven on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and two to seven Sunday. I mean, I'm glad that ESPN, excuse me, CBS or the, the whole Masters, they want to keep the allure of it. It's like, no, we've all yeah. seen the course for the last, you know, 75, 80 years, whatever it's been. So we know what's going to happen, you know, as far as the setup and everything. So I, I don't know why they try to keep it so prestigious, but anyway. It's Augusta. Yeah, it's Augusta. I know. We, we, we already had this discussion on the pod a few weeks back for this, but um, yes. Yeah, I don't understand that. But but the PGA, they always blast coverage. I think it starts like it used to start at 11 a.m. and it was on till like 7 p.m. all day, every day, which is yeah. great. It's like, you know, it's the most it's one of the top four tournaments. Like, show it, you know, guys, yeah. L- yep. let us see it. ESPN is going to give us 12 hours of coverage, 7 to 7 on Thursday and Friday. ESPN Plus from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then regular ESPN after that. And then on Saturdays, it's going to be ESPN in the morning and then CBS in the afternoon. So um, I'm going to be watching a shitload of golf. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for me on Thursday and Friday, uh, I will be incommunicado. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Daniel, thank you again. Absolutely, Leonard. Thank you for having Great me. Great having you. Guys, get your picks in by Wednesday night. Please don't let me juice you down. This is a major. Give me a break. Um, and uh, as always, pick them pure. <laughs>